0: put them on these very small thumb drives, which they're offering up here, three of them, 3,600 hours of extraordinary material. So you are contributing to the preservation of history, The preservation of alternative history, of hidden history, of history that was considered subversive but now is becoming mainstream.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Ian. We have to wrap up here because the news, national news, is about to go on 800-735-0230. It's
2: 150 days of material.
1: Here we go. You are listening to the Pacifica Radio Archives, Voices That Change the World, National Broadcast Fun Drive, heard on all five Pacifica stations, KPFA 94.1 FM, Berkeley, KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles, 98.7 FM, Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM, North San Diego, 99.5 FM, Ridgecrest, KPFT, 90.1 FM, Houston, Texas, WBAI, 99.5 FM, New York City, WPFW, 89.3 FM, Washington, D.C. Please call 1-800-735-0230 to pledge your support for this endangered American treasure or go online at supportpra.org. Your donation today helps us more than ever do our work preserving, digitizing, and caring for this historic collection going back to 1949.
3: The KPFK local news break of the Pacifica Evening News on 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 93.7 San Diego, and 99.5 Ridgecrest China Lake. This 15 minute segment of all Southern California news airs each weeknight during the 6 o'clock hour. It's Tuesday, November 13th. I'm Dan Fritz. Santa Ana winds have cleared up a lot of the air quality issues for much of the Southern California region today, but they're fueling the Woolsey Fire. Despite a large flare-up near Westlake Village today, authorities are still predicting full containment by the weekend. The overall fire is sitting at over 96,000 acres burned. Most mandatory evacuations have been lifted. The L.A. City Council held a moment of silence today for the fire victims as well as for the victims of the recent borderline nightclub mass shooting in the same area. Councilmember Bob Blumenfield noted that the council just did this after the Pittsburgh Tree of Life synagogue mass shooting.
4: And we talked about how terrible it was and how we don't want to have to do this again. And yet here we are again. Uh, And we, we have unfortunately a lot of souls to remember today souls who were killed by hate in the borderline uh, shooting just just to my west uh... in terms of the district i mean it's closer to my district than getting to downtown it is really our neighbors it is right there Um, and then in florida we had someone motivated by hate uh... hate against women who shot people there uh, and then also we have to stand in silence to the souls that were lost to Mother Nature um, this weekend. We've had horrible tragedy, the worst and most devastating fire in California history in terms of lives lost. We have 42 people die up north. Two people died uh, that we know of so far right here in the Wilsley Fire.
3: Mandatory evacuations have been lifted in many Calabasas neighborhoods south of Agoura Road, and north of Mulholland Highway, where power may still be out, but the regions are still being repopulated. The northern section of unincorporated Topanga and the eastern section of Malibu are both also being repopulated. A full closure of Topanga Canyon Boulevard and evacuation orders for those neighborhoods north of the PCH remain. LA County public health officials, meanwhile, are warning people returning to their homes to clean thoroughly to protect themselves from ash and soot. Officials say the ash and dust from burned buildings can carry toxic chemicals, including asbestos, arsenic, and lead. Officials are urging families to wash toys before letting their children play with them. They're also urging residents to wear disposable masks with a rating of N95 or better to protect themselves during cleanup. The L.A. County Board of Supervisors today formally declared the Woolsey fire a local emergency. In order to free up more state and federal funds for recovery efforts, Supervisor Sheila Kuehl promised the county would have residents' backs. Kuehl said at least two disaster recovery and assistance centers would be set up to provide a one-stop shop for residents to access federal, state and local programs and apply for temporary housing. In comments to the board, some criticized authorities who wouldn't allow them to return home to save pets or pick up medication and other belongings. L.A. County Fire Chief Darrell Osby told the supervisors this afternoon that embers and flare-ups continue to pose significant danger. The flare-up in the Westlake Village area this morning was originally estimated at 50 acres but quickly grew to about 1,000 acres. Winds pushed the flare-up away from populated areas. 435 structures have been confirmed destroyed in the Woolsey fire but authorities say that number is likely to significantly rise after the fire is contained and damage is fully assessed. 57,000 structures remain in the burn area and are potentially threatened. In Malibu, Pepperdine University said the school's campuses would remain closed through Thanksgiving All Malibu schools in the Santa Monica-Malibu Unified School District will remain closed until at least Thursday. City officials said there will likely be intermittent power outages due to weather and fire conditions. The Federal Aviation Administration sent a tweet reminding drone operators that they could face severe civil penalties and potential criminal prosecution for flying drones over fire areas. Park Service officials, meanwhile, are celebrating... After two protected mountain lions living in the Santa Monica Mountains, normally tracked by the National Park Service, have been detected, meaning they've survived the wildfires so far. Three wildcats are still unaccounted for. Los Angeles County Public Health officials said today there was no evidence of discernible radiation around the Santa Susana Field Laboratory, part of which burned at the onset of the Woolsey Fire. Residents raised concerns about the danger of radioactive dust after fire burned through the former Rocketdyne site at the Santa Susana Field, located near the flashpoint of the Woolsey Blaze. Supervisor Catherine Barger asked County of Health officials to test the facility. It's a former rocket fuel development and industrial research site located in Ventura County and regulated by the California Department of Toxic Substances Control. Barger said county employees performed nuclide identification, collected air samples, and operated multiple radiation detection units. Authorities say they will continue to monitor the facility. And you're listening to the KPFK News, a Southern California segment of the Pacifica Evening News. You can follow us on Facebook, forward slash KPFK 90.7, on Twitter, at KPFK, and on Blogger and SoundCloud. the latest election news, retired L.A. County Sheriff's Lieutenant Alex Villanueva has dramatically increased his lead over incumbent Jim McDonnell, according to an updated vote tally from last Tuesday's election. According to totals just released by the county, Villanueva has an over 22,000 vote lead up from the 335-vote edge he had on Friday in the sheriff's election. It's not immediately clear how many ballots are left to be counted. L.A. County emergency room nurses and nurse practitioners are threatening to go on strike as early as Thanksgiving. Leaders of the Service Employees International Union accuse the county of bargaining in bad faith. They say low wages results in high turnover and patient safety is suffering because of it. SEIU Local 721 President Bob Schoonover gathered with his supporters Tuesday afternoon outside a meeting of the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. Tension is boiling over between SEIU negotiators and the county after weeks of stalled negotiations and now a looming strike.
5: Experience matters. The emergency room should not be a department where you have a new batch of nurses in need of training every
3: few weeks. Schoonover accuses the county of not paying competitive wages in order to retain nurses. He says that leaves emergency rooms and intensive care units understaffed and with less experienced nurses.
5: Unfortunately, instead of investing in retaining experienced nurses at our hospital, management continually relies relies on Band-Aid solutions that keep the revolving swinging door in full force.
3: The nurses say in 2016, 11,000 patients left L.A. County ERs without receiving any treatment. They say that's proof that the ERs are understaffed and that patient safety is on the line. LA County doesn't discuss labor negotiations. The union has filed charges with the Employee Relations Commission claiming that the county is engaging in regressive bargaining and other labor law violations. The LA City Council honored veterans and members of law enforcement today in a Veterans Day observation, but a disruption during the honoring by a member of the public led to a case-in-point moment over the council's push to have broader powers to ban disruptive members of the public from city meetings. Councilmember Paul Krikorian.
0: It's, in fact, ironic that just as I was speaking about the respect that we owe, a member of the public shows no respect for the very people who fought for his right to be able to speak. And the complete rejection of uh, that sacrifice and lack of respect is is appalling. So thank you very much, Mr. President, for dealing with that situation. Well said,
1: Mr. Kukorian. Please continue.
0: As I was saying, we we owe these veterans our respect, but our respect is not enough. We also owe them decent health care and jobs. We need to end veteran homelessness. And we need to help all of our veterans heal their wounds, both seen and unseen.
3: Civil liberties advocates are raising the alarm over the council's attempts to broaden its powers to ban people. Under current rules, anyone can be taken out of a meeting for disrupting it. Under the new rules, a member of the public would be subject to escalating penalties, including a six day ban. Hamid Khan with the Stop LAPD Spying Coalition told the council last month that the new rules could be used to squash free speech.
0: We will continue to disrupt. What we saw earlier, you booting people out, is the criminalization of protest. Because you don't even have the gumption to acknowledge that there's dignity in rage. There's dignity in protest. People are dying
3: out there. The new rules are set to go into effect on January 1st. And that's it for this local break from the KPFK newsroom. I'm Dan Fritz. Thanks to Ricky Herrera on the board tonight. You're listening to KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles, streaming worldwide, kpfk.org. Good evening.
1: You are listening to the Pacifica Radio Archives, Voices That Change the World, National Broadcast Fun Drive, heard on all five Pacifica stations, KPFA 94.1 FM, Berkeley, KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles, 98.7 FM, Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM, North San Diego, 99.5 FM, Ridgecrest, KPFT 90.1 FM Houston, Texas, WBAI 99.5 FM New York City, WPFW 89.3 FM Washington, D.C. Please call 1-800-735-0230 to pledge your support for this endangered American treasure or go online at supportpra.org. Your donation today helps us more than ever do our work preserving, digitizing, and caring for this historic collection going back to 1949.
6: KPFK Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at risingupwithsonali.com. On today's special national broadcast to celebrate and support the Pacifica Radio Archives, we'll focus this hour on what the archives is best known for, history. Stored among the hundreds of thousands of recordings in the archives is the voice of people's historian Howard Zinn. Zinn, who was a bombardier in the Second World War, became a pacifist, and he often told his story in talks that he gave. As yesterday was Veterans Day, we'll begin our program with the voice of this veteran and why he stopped supporting war.
0: World War II, the good war, the best. Uh, Fascism. I mean, that's why I enlisted in the Air Force. Fight against fascism. It's a good war. It's a just war. Uh, what could be you know, more obvious, they are evil, we are good. And so I became a bombardier in the Air Force. I dropped bombs on Germany, on Hungary, on Czechoslovakia, even on a little town in France three weeks before the war was to end, when everybody knew the war was to end. and We, we didn't need to drop any more bombs, but we dropped bombs on a little town in France. We were trying out napalm. The first use of napalm in the European theater, I think by now you all know what napalm is. One of of the ugliest little weapons, but trying it out, and adding metals, and who knows what reason, what complex of reasons led us to bomb a little town in France, three, when everybody knew the war was ending, and yes, there were German soldiers there uh, hanging around. They weren't doing anything, weren't bothering anybody, but they're there. And gives us a good excuse to bomb. Now, we'll kill the Germans. We'll kill some Frenchmen, too. What does it matter? Uh, it's a good war. We're the good guys. One thing, and I didn't think about any of this while I was bombing. I didn't examine, oh, who are we bombing and why are we bombing and what's going on here? And who is dying? On, I didn't know who was dying because when you bomb from 30,000 feet, well, this is modern warfare. You do things at a distance it's very impersonal. You just put, press a button, you know. You do, and somebody dies, but you don't see them. So I drop bombs from thirty thousand feet. I didn't, I didn't see any human beings. I didn't see what's happening below. I didn't hear children screaming. I didn't see arms being ripped off people. No, just drop bombs. You see little flashes of light down below as the bombs hit that's it. And you don't think. It's hard to think when you're in the military. Really, it's hard to sit back and examine what, ask what you're doing. No, you've been trained to do a job and you do your job. So I didn't think about any of this until after the war. when I began to think about that raid on France. And then I began to think about the, the raid on Dresden, where 100,000 people were killed in one night day of bombing read Kurt Vonnegut's book slaughterhouse five he was there he was a prisoner of war and there in the basement in a kind of meat locker <laughs> slaughterhouse um, uh, and then I became aware of the, the other bombings that had taken place but you know when you're in a war you 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 don't see the big picture and you don't you really don't I I didn't know until afterward, 600,000 German civilians were killed by our bombing. They weren't Nazis. (laughs) Well, yeah, you might say they were passive supporters in that they didn't rebel. Well, a few rebelled, but how many uh, Americans rebel against American wars? Uh, Are we all complicit for what we did in Vietnam, killing several million people? Well, maybe we are, but there was a kind of stupid, ignorant innocence about us. <laughs> and was the same thing was true of the Germans, and we killed 600,000. If some great power while we were dropping bombs of Vietnam had come over here and dropped bombs on American cities <laughs> in retaliation, it would have been... And they'd say, well, there, these are imperialists. <laughs> <laughs> we'll kill them all. Well, no, the American people were not themselves imperialists. but they were passive, you know, bystanders until they woke up. Yeah. But. Uh,
6: and that's the voice of Howard Zinn, the best-selling author of *A People's History of the United States*. Born in 1922, died of a heart attack right here in Southern California, where I'm broadcasting from. January twenty seventh 2010. And the mark that he left on progressives and people around the world was quite stunning. His voice is one of the many thousands of voices preserved in the Pacifica Radio archives. And today, I want to invite you to support the archives and also encourage you to call and get your very own copy of this speech that I've just played a tiny clip from as well as literally thousands of hours of speeches, interviews, and other recordings. If you call us at 1-800-735-0230, we want to share with you the Encyclopedia of Sound, an incredible encyclopedia put together by the Pacifica Radio Archives that includes 3 USB memory sticks. You might have heard of Voices That Changed the World. That's Volume 1, and we now have Volumes 2 and 3. So Voices That Changed the World, which was one of the most popular thank you gifts that the Pacifica Radio Archives had put together, has multiplied uh, into three, and you can get over three thousand 600- six. 600 hours of audio in volumes one through three of Voices That Change the World, the Encyclopedia of Sound, simply by calling us at 1-800-735-0230, 1-800-735-0230. We're focusing on history this hour, and really anything from the archives is, of course, of historical value. And I want to be turning to Studs Turkle next, uh, and we'll be also later on uh, playing Mumia Abu-Jamal Gerald Arundati Roy and Chris Hedges if we have time, but I'd love to see people from around the country calling us right now at 1-800-735-0230 so you can get your hands on this remarkable collection of audio. The Pacifica Radio Archives has been one of the strongest institutions in the country preserving historic audio. And, of course, it helps that uh, Pacifica radio stations around the country have been on the front lines of civil rights movements, progressive movements for peace and justice, and all of that material that they have gathered over the decades is preserved in the archives. 3,600 hours of it is on the Encyclopedia of Sound 3 USB memory sticks. For a pledge of only $250, that's 3,600 hours of audio. It's mind-boggling how much material uh, the archives is giving to folks for a pledge of only $250. I need to raise $7,000 this hour. That's 28 of you from around the country calling and pledging during just this one-day fundraiser. It's a one-day pledge drive. Yes, specifically for the Pacifica Radio Archives. 1 800 735 0230 is the phone number to call. 1 800 735 0230 in the volumes 1, 2, and 3 in the Encyclopedia of Sound. You will have speeches by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Alan Watts, Bob Dylan, George Carlin, Lorraine Hansberry, and of course Howard Zinn, Langston Hughes, Edward Said, Fannie Lou Hamer, Maya Angelou, Cesar Chavez. Dolores Huerta, and so many others that it would take me the entire hour just to list the voices that are featured in the Encyclopedia of Sound. That phone number again is 1-800-735-0230. We ought to be asking you to donate much, much, much more. For this um, thank you gift, then we are asking, but it's just a $250 pledge because it is the archives' um, goal to get this material into as many hands as possible. We don't want to be like those modern-day museums where you wall off the important, um, you know, material, the important content that has the power to change people's lives behind a huge amount of money. $250 for 3,600 hours of audio on three memory sticks called the Encyclopedia of Sound, Voices that Change the World, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. It's a new compilation of historic recordings. 1-800-735-0230 is that number. I want to now turn to an incredible recording from Studs Terkel um, in conversation with Tim Robbins, done in 2000, so 18 years ago. Studs Terkel, uh, of course, another incredible historian. He was an actor as well, and uh, he was a broadcaster, a radio host. And uh, he spoke with actor Tim Robbins uh, in a conversation where he spoke about the Great Depression. I love this particular excerpt, and of course, it's so relevant today.
7: Virginia Durr, a very great woman of the South, woman of the premature integrationist, she called. call her. She and her husband Clifford Durr were two great southerners. He was the lawyer for Rosa Parks when she was arrested. Well, Virginia said, preachers blame, you blame themselves, you shouldn't have bought that secondhand car or that radio. And people often blame themselves. And that was, that's why they never told many kids, they never told their kids about the Depression. They were ashamed. They thought, well, for a long time they believed that, the man behind the mahogany desk is better than I am because if I were good, I'd be behind the mahogany desk. The American dream. So that played a tremendous role. On the 14th day of April of 1935, there struck the worst of dust storms that ever filled the sky. But meantime, during all that time, we had arguments at the hotel, the lobby. Saturdays and Sundays, of course, worked half a day on Saturdays, they'd pay rent. And then things happened. The guys were arguing at the, some were union guys, some were finks, and also about religion, everything in the world. A lot of young people today, we know a lot of young people are anti-union, and so a lot of young people we know don't know how social security came about, or unemployment, it was unions, bottom-up stuff. One couple, I cannot crack. They're waiting for the bus for about a year. A very handsome couple. He has J Press suits and Brooks Brothers and has the latest issue, of Wall Street Journal, in his hand and she's very beautiful, and stunning, and Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale, and she's got the latest Vanity Fair in her hand. And so, but I can't crack them. And my ego is, I have an ego, my, my ego is at stake. And so the bus is late and coming, and I say, Labor Day is coming up. It's the wrong thing to say. The guy looks at me as though no, no old coward looking at a speck on a piece of cloth. And now, of course, my ego is really affronted. Banners flying, we shall not be moved, UAW, CIO, about a CIA, I was going to say. <laughs> and, and there was that too, you know. And But in any event, he says, he turns to me and says, we despise unions. I said, wow, I got a pigeon here. There's yeah. no bus. And so I say, it's a non sequitur. I say, how many hours a day do you work? And he's caught unaware. He says, eight. He says, how come you don't work 18 hours a day? He's a great friend. You know why you work eight hours a night? Because four guys in Chicago in 1886 got hanged fighting for the eight-hour day. I refer to Haymarket Affair. You can see I'm not, everything's fair in love and war. You know? And, and, and because course, this time, he's a little scared He's an old nut, nut you know? And the bus is late and coming. And I got him pinned against the mailbox. He can't get away, you know? Meantime, she's very beautiful. Remember, she's tremulous. She dropped the Vanity Fair, and I pick it up in a courtly fashion, hand it to her, you know. And, and then I say, how many hours a week do you work? God, he's scared now, I think. And he says, 40. How come you don't work 80 hours a week? You know why? Because men and women got their heads busted back in the 30s, fighting for the 40-hour week for you. By this time, they hop on the bus. <laughs> I never see him again. <laughs> but to this day, they live in this condominium, upscale, facing the bus stop. I bet every morning she's looking out the window and he's saying, is that old nut still down there? <laughs> now it's easy to blame them, but how do they know about this? Pick any paper, LA Times, New York Times, Washington Post, Washington Journal, of course. You got a feature section, sports section, entertainment section, business section. Do you have a labor section? Are you kidding? Labor page, once in a while labor column, that's all. So how do they know? So there's a history denied. And then, of course, what I call a national Alzheimer's disease we have today. There's no memory of
5: yesterday.
6: There's no memory of yesterday, said Studs Terkel, in 2000. I loved this clip. This is just one of many, many gems buried in the archives and as part of our Encyclopedia of Sound, where he really distills so clearly how we've forgotten about the fact that it was the labor movement that gave us the eight-hour workday and the 40-hour week. and that history is forgotten. And when we remind ourselves of that history, we are stronger. We have more ammunition, if you will will to strengthen today's labor movement. This is the kind of material that has the power to change minds, that has the power to revolutionize um, the way we think about our world, about capitalism, about the economy, about our history. If you call us right now at 1-800-735-0230, that's 1-800-735-0230 and pledge just $250. We will send you the entire encyclopedia of sound on three USB memory sticks, and that is... Voices That Change the World Volumes 1 through 3. 3,600 hours of audio on three USB memory sticks. 1-800-735-0230. With me in studio is Mark Torres, director of the Pacifica Radio Archives. Mark, I was so excited when I found the Studs Terkel clip. It's incredible.
1: Yes, uh, especially this particular one. Um, people don't realize, especially our young kids, um, who... And, and some who may have decided, I don't want to vote. Well, to tell you the truth, if our labor movement was strong and we heard voices like Studs Terkel and all of the people that threw their body literally their bodies, on the line to get a 40-hour work, people think that this just came out of nowhere. People were getting their heads bashed and worse to fight for a 40-hour work week, uh, benefits, um, an eight hour day child labor laws, all these things. Now, if the labor movement was strong today, we would have a three day work week twenty one hours with full benefits. But here we are today going backwards, working two, three, four jobs. but Be-
6: young organizers with this history in hand mark
1: can make a difference yes. this is what this is what the Pacifica Radio archives is offering with our new Encyclopedia of Sound. It's the three volumes of voices that changed the world, including 1,300 hours that we digitized this last year, thanks to all of your generous donations last year. We're gonna do over 1,000 more programs this year, with your donations, but we need your help.
6: So it's a win-win-win. The money that people donate to the archives gets the archives, the funding needed to digitize more material, but it also gets the donor this material in hand to educate yourself. And then your donation is making more material available for future generations next year and the year after. And that's what how beautiful this is. This is it's just quite incredible. one 800 uh, 735-0230. 1-800-735-0230 is our number. It's a two hundred and fifty dollar pledge for the three USB memory sticks, Voices That Change the World, uh, volumes one, two, and three. It's uh, now is the holiday shopping season, so instead of spending your money on things that you don't need um, and that are going to clutter up landfills, uh, why not get these very compact digitized uh, audio recordings? There's, you know, and digital technology, Mark, hasn't it made uh, and enabled us to be able to share this audio in a way that we could never do before. I remember the times um, years ago here on uh, KPFK, where we're broadcasting from, where you guys at the, at the archives would give these tiny briefcases filled with CDs of audio recordings for like $5,000. Yeah, it
1: was like a, it was okay. like 100 hours for $5,000. Wow. I mean, it was a cool briefcase.
6: <laughs> I Don't, remember them. I,
1: I wish I had one. Uh, some cool people that I know do have them. But, yeah, this is a different game where we can literally give you a library of Congress worth of sound of, of these incredible voices. Just think if you get one of these drives and give it gives it give it as a gift and um, think about um, playing this to your kids, uh, your high school kids, your college kids and. Um, and how informed they would be for the 2020 election cycle.
6: And I have to say, uh, Mark, last night as I was reviewing some of these clips, the clip that we're about to play featuring W.E.B. Du Bois, um, introduced by Gerald Horn. my 11-year-old son came in to say goodnight to me, and uh, he, he stopped and he said, who is this? What is this? W.E.B. Du Bois reciting, his, uh, reciting oral history, basically going back hundreds of years and reciting history, going through the history of slavery. And he stood there, my 11-year-old child stood there, riveted, listening to this. And I thought to myself, gosh, we need to get these recordings into your school so that you can share them with your classmates. Well, folks, that's what you can do right now by calling us at 1-800-735-0230, 1-800-735-0230 getting your very own copy for a $250 pledge of these three USB memory sticks.
1: Okay, now we have a goal of getting 30 people to call. We had four people call in so far. We, that means we need 26 people calling in. We actually had several donations on our website at supportpra.org. So please keep calling as you're listening to these incredible recordings. 1-800-735-0230. A $250 donation will get the entire three volumes of our Voices That Change the World A virtual encyclopedia of sound, over 3,600 hours. It'll take you a couple of years to go through these incredible recordings that includes unique recordings of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Howard Zinn, Noam Chomsky, and so many more.
6: I want to now play for you, uh, Gerald Horn, who is an preeminent historian based in Houston, Texas, introducing a, a very rare recording of W.E.B. Du Bois, the uh, incredible African American civil rights activist and historian who passed away in 1963. So think about that. Um, how re- how hard it would have been to come across a, an audio recording of W.E.B. Du Bois. Here is Gerald Horn.
2: I was first taking history classes in elementary school, because then I could not help but notice the omission of figures of African descent for the most part, and that sent me to the library. I think I was probably at the age of eight years old and began to read about black American history and African history, and I think it was in that context that I personally discovered the W.E.B. Du Bois. But as you may know, my first book was about the last years of his life. and That was based upon my doctoral dissertation. And then I wrote another book, uh, Race Woman, The Lives of Shirley Graham Du Bois, which was about his wife, uh, Shirley Graham Du Bois. But of course, he plays a, a leading role in that particular drama. So it's fair to say that the uh, W.E.B. Du Bois has been with me almost all of my life certainly all
8: of my adult life these are days of
9: w.e.b du bois from a recording produced by gene dialesi in 1968 at kpfa in berkeley california as a part of a series entitled black man in america 1619 to the present This recording includes actuality of Du Bois on the racial attitudes of Presidents Theodore Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson, along with comments from his family and friends.
8: In between the slowly retreating millions and the state-building intruders, Western Christianity thrust with trade in gold, pepper, and slaves. On the slavery of Negroes, Britain founded her wealth, her commerce, and her empire. Capitalistic production was built on her slave trade. As Karl Marx wrote in a celebrated passage, if money comes into the world with a congenital bloodstain on one cheek, capital comes dripping from head to foot with every poor filled with blood and dirt. England seized India at Plassey. George III reigned and later lost America. Robert Owen and William Godwin argued the matter of income for the poor. William Pitt and Benjamin Franklin guided politics and science. And exactly 200 years ago this year, the Seven Years' War began colonial imperialism of the white European world over the darker nations of the earth, an adventure which still fights at Suez this very day. Exploitation of labor, that is, the inborn idea that most men are born to work for the support, ease, and luxury of the few, for various reasons like superior merit, color of skin, or progress of culture. This idea, of beginning in slavery and developing through serfdom to wage labor and military might, still exists today in the minds of most folk to poison every effort to raise the mass of men into real and effective equality. A hundred years ago today, Darwin was working on his Origin of Species. The Negroid Dumas was writing his novels, and Rousseau was finishing his social contract. But the Bessemer process of making steel was transforming industry into dictatorship, and the Communist Manifesto then eight years old, was beginning to ferment in the minds of discontented men. The labor movement with stripes and unions began to spread in Europe. The cotton kingdom arose in America. Russian serfs were emancipated in 1861, but in the United States, the Supreme Court heard the arguments in the Dred Scott case and its decision in 1857 tried to fasten slavery on American Negroes forever, while John Brown raided the slave owners in Kansas. The Crimean War was fought to subject the Balkans, including Hungary, to West Europe, and the war of England against China aimed at complete European domination of the entire East. The West fought bitterly against popular education, for the continued subjection of women and against votes for the mass of laborers.
6: And that is W.E.B. Du Bois. I wish I could have played the whole thing for you. I really had to selectively pick this clip. It is such a rare recording to have of the civil rights uh, and uh, icon and, and the journalist and the historian who wrote, of course, the seminal Souls of Black Folks. And uh, he literally went through... The history of civilization in this incredible speech. You can have this and so much more by calling us right now at 1-800-735-0230 and pledging $250 for the Encyclopedia of Sound Volumes 1 through 3, Voices That Change the World. You might have heard of Voices That Change the World, our very popular thank you gift from the Pacifica Radio Archives. Maybe even have Voices That Change the World. But you really want Volumes 1, 2, and 3. Multiply what you already had by 3, and that's the Encyclopedia of Sound. We have had uh, several callers calling in so far. We need 22 more callers pledging $250. Maybe there's somebody out there who wants to give these away as gifts. Pledge $1,000 and get four copies of the Encyclopedia of Sound at one 800 Seven three five zero two three zero. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. With me still, Mark Torres, director of the Pacifica Radio Archives.
1: If somebody donates one thousand dollars, we'll use it as a matching fund for to encourage the listeners in all five Pacifica listening areas to donate. We're here uh, live for the Pacifica Radio Archives national broadcast and fundraiser on all five Pacifica stations. Here in Los Angeles, KPFK 90.7 FM, at KPFA in Berkeley, Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area 94.1, KPFT 90.1 Houston, WPFW 89.3 FM Washington DC, WBAI 99. All these five listening areas are coming together to help the Pacifica Radio Archives do our work to preserve our 70-year history going back to 1949. W.E.B. Du Bois, are you kidding me? Most some people don't even know who he is. He founded the NAACP. He was uh, he got a Ph.D. at Harvard University as a young black man, and then was a professor at the University of Harvard. He is so accomplished and amazing. And the fact that Pacifica was there in our early years, when he was much older, to record his voice in actuality, right. a unique recording of this brilliant man who is giving us his wisdom of a lifetime of dealing with racism coming out of Slavery.
6: I mean, Pacifica was founded just a few years before he passed away, yeah. so it's really quite remarkable. I want to play for our audience now the voice of somebody who's still very much with us, um, although he remains behind bars, and who is a truth-teller and historian in his own right. And that is the political prisoner and award-winning journalist Mumia Abu-Jamal, who recently published with Stephen Vittoria uh, the very uh, important book, Murder Incorporated dreaming of Empire it's actually part one of a three-part book kind of like our encyclopedia of sound and he uh, we have a collection of mumia's radio commentaries and readings from this book as well um, as part of this incredible archives treasure and here he is reading from a chapter in his uh, book with Stephen Victoria called American Holocaust
9: American Holocaust it is in his in-depth and exhaustive work on the American Holocaust, entitled A Little Matter of Genocide, author and political activist Ward Churchill distills the narrative of the embryonic American empire. In his 1782 plan, Washington advanced the unequivocal belief that, after all was said and done, the objective of federal policy should be to force the entire indigenous population east of the Mississippi River into the illimitable regions of the West, to which the United States was not yet pressing claims. Those who physically resisted such a fate in any way would have to be broken by force, or as Thomas Jefferson bluntly put it, exterminated. This removal policy was in keeping with a sense of manifest destiny an outlook founded in precisely the same matrix of virulent Anglo-Saxon supremacism that would later give rise to Nazi Aryanist ideology, already pronounced among American leaders and citizens alike. As the fledgling America grew, it seemed as if the country was drunk on the elixir Manifest Destiny. The culture at the time bristled with constant references Poet Walt Whitman was typical. Here he weighs in on the march of civilization, clearly following the sun as it roared to the west in his poem, Facing West from California's Shores. Facing west from California's shores, inquiring, tireless, seeking what is yet unfound. I, a child, very old, over waves towards the house of maternity, the land of migration. Look afar, look off the shores of my western sea, the circle almost circled, for starting westward, from Hindustan, from the vales of Kashmir, from Asia, from the north, from the god, the sage, and the hero, from the south, from the flowery peninsulas, and the spice islands, long having wandered since, round the earth having wandered. Now I face home again, very pleased and joyous. White supremacy was well entrenched in almost every aspect of 19th century American life. The foundation was deep and well-rooted, having started with Columbus hacking his way around the Caribbean, followed by the religious zeal oozing out of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. And then it became official when the best and the brightest of colonial America made it gospel. There was no doubt the sun of civilization was moving again, this time across a landmass made up of many nations with names like Shawnee, Choctaw, Cherokee, Apache, Sioux, Pawnee,
6: and that's China the voice of grow. Mumia Abu-Jamal, whom I absolutely hate to talk over and interrupt, but <laughs> our calls have slowed down to a bit of a trickle and the need is absolutely imperative for us to keep up the pace of calls. So let me remind you, you can get this material and so much more by calling us at one 800 1-800-735-0230 230 pledging $250 for the incredible history that you've just been listening to historical analysis that you've just been listening to whether it's the analysis of American slavery or the genocide of Native American communities and so much more the Great Depression and labor history everything that we've covered the, the anti-imperialist history uh, uh, and the myth of the good war from Howard Zinn 1-800-735-0230 is the phone number to call. And the pledge amount that we're asking you to donate is $250. And the thank you gift that you get is the Encyclopedia of Sound. And yes, it is as grand as it sounds because it includes <laughs> 3,600 hours of audio on three USB memory sticks. Volumes 1, 2, and 3 of Voices That Change the World. 1-800-735-0230 is the phone number. We still need a few dozen calls At 1 800 735 0230.
1: There is good news, ladies and gentlemen, here in this hour. We only have 5,000 left to go to reach our goal. That means 20 phone calls, and we've made our goal. We have five listening areas Los Angeles, San Francisco, Bay Area, Berkeley, Oakland, New York, Washington, D.C., Houston, Texas. We get five calls in from each of those areas right now. We make our goal call now 1-800-735-0230 there's some of you on your smartphone right now make it easy on yourself type in 41444 when you get a message you type in archives a r c h i v e s
6: this it, is texting text it yeah. text, text to
1: donate yes smartphone users text to donate 41444 and then type in Archives, A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S, and a pop-up screen will guide you through a $250 donation to receive this incredible encyclopedia of sound, three volumes of voices that changed the world over 3,600 hours of audio.
6: one eight hundred seven three five zero two three zero 735 230 is the number that you can call from your phone or text archives to 41444 or you can also go online, right, and and That's make right. a pledge online at the Pacifica Radio Archives' website.
1: It's supportpra.org. My name is Mark Torres. I'm the director of the Pacifica Radio Archives. And every $250 donation that you pledge to us will help us preserve another historic recording that already includes some of the greatest names in history. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Alan Watts. The first recording of Bob Dylan at 20 years old when he first arrives in New York, in New York City in 1962. Arundhati Roy, Fannie Lou Hamer, Maya Angelou, Cesar Chavez, Dolores Huerta, and so many more. So
6: the good news is we are getting lots of calls and we need 16 more. That's it, just 16 more callers pledging $250 each or really, four callers pledging a thousand each, and we're good to go. And if you pledge a thousand dollars, you just get four of the Encyclopedia of Sound copies. And we
1: use your donation as a match.
6: That's right, and uh, and then you can give those away as holiday gifts to um your family and friends because it's such an incredible archive of sound. I can't even explain to you because it would take me all hour just to even read the names of people that are featured in this uh, fantastic collection. So we have covered during this hour labor history, the history of Native American, the U.S. genocide of Native Americans. We've covered the history of the slavery. We've covered the history of World War II. I want to now cover, with the vo- through the voice of Arundhati Roy, the history of corporate globalization and global capitalism. Um, she spoke at the World Social Forum a number of years ago, and her voice, too, is preserved in the archives and part of our thank you gift to you.
10: I've been asked to speak about How to confront empire? It's a huge question, and I have no easy answers. When we speak of confronting empire, we need to identify what empire means. Does it mean the U.S. government and its European satellites, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, the World Trade Organization, and multinational corporations, or does it mean more than that? In many countries, empire has sprouted other subsidiary heads, some dangerous byproducts: nationalism, religious bigotry, fascism, and, of course, terrorism. All these march arm-in-arm arm with the project of corporate globalization. Let me illustrate what I mean. India, the world's biggest democracy, is currently at the forefront of the corporate globalization project. Its market of 1 billion people is being prized open by the WTO. Corporatization and privatization are being welcomed by the Indian government and the Indian elite. But it is not a coincidence that the Prime Minister, the Home Minister, the Disinvestment Minister, the men who signed the deal in India with Enron, the men who are selling the country's infrastructure to corporate multinationals, the men who want to privatise water, electricity, oil, coal, steel, health, education and telecommunication, are all members or admirers of the RSS. The RSS is a right-wing, ultra-nationalist Hindu guild which has openly, openly admired Hitler and his methods. The dismantling of democracy in India is proceeding with the speed and efficiency of a structural adjustment program. While the project of corporate globalization rips through people's lives in India, massive privatization and labor reforms are pushing people off their land.
6: Arundhati Roy speaking about India a number of years ago and everything she says, of course, continues through today in India. And uh, you can see many analogies in other countries, including here, where you have fundamentalist populists, um, nationalists. That, nationalists, exactly, that are promising, uh, that are uh, promising riches, but actually making off with the riches uh, and uh, using the, the state's resources for themselves. Her voice is one of many, many voices. And we have just a few minutes left to, to tell you that these many, many voices can be yours on your very own encyclopedia of sound. If you pledge $250 at one 800 735 735-0230. You get three of the volumes of Voices That Change the World, volumes one through three, uh, at the uh, as part of the Encyclopedia of Sound. One eight hundred seven three five zero two three zero, or 230 dot org. You can also text the word archives to four one four four four.
1: Yes, text to donate uh, is very handy for those of you who are smartphone literate we seem to be on our phones all day long so it's an easy pledge when you type in 41444 and then type in the word archives a r c h i v e s or if you're uh, at home or at your desk uh, you need to uh, you can also as an option go to support p r a .org and our three volume encyclopedia of sound 3600 hours of voices of like like what you're hearing today, and everything you hear today, is on these uh, jump drives. You'll be listening to this for years. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's not one of those gifts where you get it, you throw it away, you're done with it. This is something that can benefit uh, your family, your friends, your community. You can give it. You can gift it to a school, a university, a high school a grammar school. These are original source materials that are considered by the Library of Congress the most important collection in the United States today.
6: And, you know, we played for you the voice of W.E.B. Du Bois, of Howard Zinn, of Arundhati Roy. I want to now turn to Chris Hedges, a contemporary voice as well, like Arundhati Roy and like Mumia Abu-Jamal, um, who wrote a book that is so relevant today. He's written many bestselling books. One of his best-selling books, not the very latest one, but one of my favorites is Death of the Liberal Class. Very, very relevant in our current political climate. His voice also preserved in the archives and also part of this incredible compilation, the Encyclopedia of Sound. I know we have lots of Chris Hedges fans out there. Here's what he had to say a number of years ago in, from his, in a, during a book tour about his late, uh, one of his books, Death of the Liberal Class. If you look closely
5: at the inconsistencies within the Tea Party and this populist right-wing movement is precisely what, it doesn't make any sense. We can't cut taxes and cut deficits. We can't pretend that the military is somehow not part of government. Uh, we, we can't uh, protect Social Security and Medicare and tell government to get out of our lives. There's there is a, a almost every position they espouse as a kind of non sequitur. But having spent as long as I did within the Christian right, it's immediately understandable. The only way to re-enfranchise these people back into the society is to give them a job, to give them hope, to give them the possibility to create a life of meaning, which, of course, corporations have destroyed. And the tragedy of this coup d'etat in slow motion that we have undergone and which, unfortunately, we we have lost.
1: You are listening to the Pacifica Radio Archives, Voices That Change the World, National Broadcast, Fun Drive, heard on all five Pacifica stations. KPFA 94.1 FM, Berkeley. KPFK, 90.7 FM, Los Angeles, 98.7 FM, Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM, North San Diego, 99.5 FM, Ridgecrest, KPFT, 90.1 FM, Houston, Texas, WBAI, 99.5 FM, New York City, WPFW, 89.3 FM, Washington, D.C. Please call 1-800-735-0230 to pledge your support for this endangered American treasure or go online at supportpra.org. Your donation today helps us more than ever do our work preserving, digitizing, and caring for this historic collection going back to 1949.
3: Welcome to Sojourner True. Thank you for staying with us. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. Uh, today, a very special Pacifica show. We'd like to welcome all of the Pacifica flagship stations around the country. KPFK 90.7 FM out of Southern California, KPFA in Berkeley, California, KPFT in Houston, Texas, WBAI in New York City, WPFW in Washington, uh, DC. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. The midterm elections were one week ago today, but some of the results remain uncertain as concerns over unjust tallying procedures, a form of voter